Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, great to be back with you. Quick update on the Yesta family. We've added a new addition. Little Levi Caleb was born May 27th, uh, 1.37 a.m., 9 pounds, 6 ounces, 21 inches long. You've probably seen, if you follow us on Instagram, you've already seen all the photos. But for those of you who don't, if you'd like to, you can hop over there, and it's uh, at Ryan Yesta underscore or at Krista Yesta and see what's going on. But mom's happy, healthy, good delivery, um, all around happy parents and children. So, um, yeah, awesome. Great. Uh, children are a blessing and a, uh, heritage and inheritance from the Lord. All right. I want to talk today about what it means to be on fire. I'm going to give you eight things that I believe that define what it means to be on fire. You hear that? Oh, we got to stay on fire for the Lord. There's, there's even scriptures that say, um, fan into flame, uh, keep that which is committed to your trust, stir up the gift that was in you by the laying on of hands. So we know that that the even in Revelation, it says that I'd rather you be uh, hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. So there's something about staying on fire for the Lord. So I'm going to give you eight things that I believe, uh, uh, eight things that I believe make up what it means to be on fire for the Lord. Eight very definitive things. But I want to um, read to you first from 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, and it says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Everyone say there's benefits to godliness. Now say it again from your spirit, man. There's benefits to godliness. You know there's a benefit for serving the Lord. All right, let's keep going. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. You know, uh, going over this list, I had to ask myself, without this, is the person on fire? Is a believer on fire if they don't have this element in their life? And and so for all of these things, I believe if you take one of these elements out, I would question that person's commitment to the Lord. So what it means to be a whole hearted person who serves the Lord. So I'm going to start, and these are in no particular order, but I'm going to start with kind of the basic ones. Uh, number one is a dedicated word life. He says here, give attention to reading the scriptures to the church. If you put yourself in the other position um, of of the people in the church, if Paul was writing a letters a letter to the believers that Timothy, the church that Timothy was the pastor of, he would say, until I get there, listen to the scriptures and 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 be encouraged by the scriptures and learn and, and sit at the feet and listen and learn and receive from the word of God. Your commitment to the word of God uh, is really where you grow. The Bible talks about the word being the milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Um, it, there's no growth in God without the milk of the word. People 
people who who struggle in life and in their Christian walk are people who have no commitment to the word. It's the number one foundation of our lives is a solid commitment to the word. I'm not going to get on here and say you need to read an hour a day, two hours a day, four hours a day. There's different times. There's times where you have time off and and you can take time and study the word. And there's times where that life gets busy and you're reading 15, 20 minutes a day, but it's a daily part of your life. It's a daily part. You make it a priority. You, you really, it, it makes it that you base your life around the reading of the word. So, hey, things could be different. I could wake up and things could, you know, in society could collapse. You know, there might be a day where, where hey, it's illegal to be a Christian and I wake up, you know, uh, a free person and I end the day in, in prison, right? But I'm still going to have my time with the word. You know, and that's why scripture memorization is so important because if, if there was a time where we were where we didn't have access to the word, like in some countries, that you can have the word in your heart, that you can spend time with the word. But number one, um, the word. Number two is prayer. Prayer is talking to God through, through a heart of faith. I was listening to evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth last night, and he said prayer is talking to God from a heart of faith. Prayer is our communication with God. Prayer doesn't only look one way. Yes, Praying in tongues is prayer. But, but you know, singing in tongues is actually prayer. You know, asking the Lord, requesting something is prayer. You know, just speaking to the Lord. Lord, I just love you. Lord, you're so you're so wonderful. That's prayer. People who have a relationship with someone, relationship with someone, spend time talking to them. So I don't believe you can be on fire for the Lord and not have a prayer life of some sort. And that means it's not limited to, but that also means. Uh, having time alone with the Lord that you spend in prayer. Yes, there's times where you, you know, the Bible, Paul said pray without ceasing. So there's times where you're driving in your car and you pray, you're doing the dishes and you pray. There's, you know, pray, 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 whenever you can, pray. But there's dedicated prayer time. Number three is worship. Goes right along with that, worship and praise. But worship to the Lord. Worship is a time where uh, there's actually true worship songs and there's other just songs. When you're singing about yourself, there's songs that are good that you can sing about yourself. You know, there's one that I really like from Sinatra, which is I Know Who I Am. I know who God says I am, what he says I am. But that's not a worship song. That's that's not directed to God. That's And there's and there's really, though, there's place for those songs, but worship is where you're putting your eyes on the Lord and you're taking your eyes off yourself. You're saying, God, you're greater. The lesser doesn't, the, the, the greater doesn't worship the lesser. The lesser worships the greater. You're humbling yourself and you're saying, God, you're greater than I am. You're God and I'm in. So worship. And then number four, I'm going to keep going here because we, uh, we've got a few to get to. Number four uh, is being a soul winner. He who wins souls is wise. In the gospel program, there's there's no room for, for, for people who don't, uh, let me rephrase that. The, the way God intended it to be in the gospel program is that every believer won souls, that every believer became a soul winner because for any, you know, the dead sea is dead because there's an inlet and no outlet. People get, people die spiritually because they want to receive from the Lord, but they're not committed to do anything with it. People, Lord, I want your fire. Well, you don't tell people about the Lord. You know, it shows that, that, you, that you're, Paul said in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. If you're ashamed of the gospel, I can't, I can't say you're on fire for the Lord if there's, if there's, oh, I'm ashamed that I can't tell anybody. When you're on fire for the Lord, you care more what about the Lord thinks. It's called the fear of the Lord versus the fear of man. I care more what the Lord says than what do the people think. And the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So being a dedicated soul winner, I don't think I believe that you, you you can't be on fire for the Lord and not be winning souls or telling people about Jesus. 
that's a now one stings for people because they've never been taught. So what do you, if you say, well, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm not a soul winner, what do I do? Well, you go to revival.com, you download a gospel soul winning script. If you go to Google or a search bar and just type in soul winning script, you'll pull up and, and you just walk up. Hey, can I read this to you? Hey, has anyone told you that God loves you? Well, that makes me nervous. Well, that's fine. You, you, th- not everything's comfortable at first. First time I preached, I was nervous, but I'm called to preach. So you do it because God called you to do it. You know, there's things that make you nervous, but you do it. You get past it. Okay, so being a soul winner. And then number five, again, these are in no particular order, but number five is overcoming and avoiding sin, living a pure life. If you listen to that scripture that we read in 1 Timothy, it says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teachings. Keep a close watch on how you live. If, if, you, if you go back up to verse, um, where is it? Verse 12, uh, don't let anyone think less of you because of how young you are. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love, your faith, and your purity. Purity is a key to the Christian life. You know, sin hardens your heart. So when, when you live a life in sin, it takes the strength away from you. It takes your spiritual strength away from you. It takes your ability to stay in a place of faith away because then you're always dealing with condemnation and having to come and repent. So sin robs you of being able to stay in faith. And that's what he says here in the scripture. He talked about being an example in your faith. So if you're living a life of sin, there, there, it's difficult to get in the presence of God. It's difficult to spend time in prayer. People who spend much time in prayer don't continue in a life of sin because then they realize, you know, you press through in prayer. There's victories that you take. Prayer is actually a, a, a place where you take ground and you and you win victories in prayer. So so living a sin-free life, living it, be an example in word and deed, overcoming sin. Now, if you sin, if you sin once, you repent, but you're quick to make changes to avoid it. You know, there's 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 repentance, but when you sin, to say you're sorry is not the only responsibility. To to make changes. Repentance means to turn and walk away from, to go the other direction. So you, you, you put things in motion to present your, prevent yourself from doing it again. If you're slipping into a certain sin, where was I when I did it? I'm, I'm making life changes. I'm making uh, changes to live a uh, sin-free life. So that's my next thing. Is that number five? And then number six, again, no particular order, I would say is, is being someone who not only lives a sin-free life, but someone who runs after the things of God. A Matthew 6.33 person, a seek first the kingdom of God, where you make your decisions based on the word of God where your life decisions are not based on your plan for your life, but you're based, you're making your life decisions to advance the kingdom of God. I asked my wife the same question. What do you think it means to be on fire? And she said, you, it, one of the things she said was the same thing, to be a kingdom first person, a person who uses their money, a person who uses their influence, a person who uses their time to advance the kingdom of God. Well, if you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just working a secular job, a regular job. I'm not in the ministry. You don't have to be in the ministry to seek first the kingdom of God. Everything can link back. When I was in sales, I, I I dedicated my time to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want me to do something else, I'll do something else. My life is 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 on the altar, but I'm dedicating this time to you. I'm, I'm going to tithe, but I'm also doing it as unto you. I'm being a person who does this as unto you. This is for the kingdom of God. Lord, use me while I'm out here working. Use me as an example. Lord, let me, I do this to build your kingdom. So whatever you do, you do as unto the Lord. And then that brings up the next thing in that same scripture. And it says, whatever you do, do with your whole heart. Uh, I added this. This is actually going to be number nine when I start, as I was starting this podcast. Um, because I, I don't believe someone can be on fire for the Lord and be lazy. 
being someone who's a full effort person, who seeks first the kingdom of God, but goes after things. When I see people lazy, there's people who just don't know their purpose on the earth. Laziness is is either people who just are careless about their life and, and uh, you're actually a waster. You're, you're, you're wasting your potential. You're wasting your talent. You're disgracing the things of God to be lazy. A person who's a full effort person, he says here to Timothy, throw yourself into these things. Give yourself to them entirely. Now, yes, there's time to rest, but when it's time to work, it's time to work. And so being a full effort person who does what they do is unto the Lord, but does it with all their heart. There's something about that that God looks at and and promotes and God looks at and says, that person's coming for me. That person's working for me. You know, if we knew that the Lord was coming back in a month, you know, how much work would we wouldn't just chill. I'm taking this last month off. Hopefully not. You know, we would we would man. How many people can I get born again? I'm, the Lord's coming back soon. So being a full effort person. Uh, so there, that's number um, seven. I think that's number seven. Is that right? One, two, three, five, six, seven. Okay. Maybe that's eight. You guys help me. All right. That's seven. And then number uh, eight, uh, fellowship with the people of God, the house of God, being committed to being in fellowship with believers. The Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers because it's it's like temperatures, right? So you can have hot water. You can have boiling hot water. You can be boiling for the Lord. But if you throw in a couple ice cubes, the temperature comes down, right? So people think, oh, I'm going to be boiling and I'm going to go just hang out with sinners all the time. And and there is place where you go out into darkness and you're a light in dark places, but you don't, you don't, you don't sit there. The Bible says in Psalm 1, he that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You can see the movement from walking to standing to sitting. You don't make it that your 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 place where you take your rest and the people that you spend all your time all your time with are unbelievers. You get around the people of God and you're committed to the house of God. You're committed to the house of God. I don't believe someone's on fire with no home church, just Sundays, just chilling, doing their own thing. You know, you you you're supposed to be under authority, and that's really part of it is under spiritual authority. That's that's biblical to be under spiritual authority. And then the last one which um, I believe all of this stems from, and this is kind of the overhanging picture of all of it. And, the, and all of these things are demonstrations of our love for the Lord. But the last one, number uh, number nine, is our love for the person of Jesus Christ, someone who loves Jesus. The purpose of Christianity, yes, is to avoid sin. Yes, it's to avoid hell. Yes, it's to make it to heaven, but it's to be with the person of Jesus Christ. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto death. It's the person of Jesus Christ. So yes, I want to avoid hell. That's a motivating factor, but I want to be where the Lord is. I want to be, I want to, I want to go where the Lord is. Like, like Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with us, don't send us in. Love for the person of Jesus Christ. When you're spending time with the Word, you're spending time with Jesus. When you're spending time in prayer, you're talking to Him. When you're spending time in worship, you're adoring Him. When you're spending time, when you're building His kingdom, you're saying, what matters to you matters to me. So love for the person of Jesus Christ, a red-hot love for the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to add, add a last one here as we wrap up, is generous. Love gives. So number 10, generous, a giver. Generous with money. If your money shows you're not giving your money shows you're not on fire say la maybe a little mic drop i love you god bless you see you on the next podcast